Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Friday, December 4th. I'm Wayne Pratt. Those who work in intensive care units are used to people dying. But hospital workers say death has been constant since the pandemic started. I went down to the morgue because I'm the person who takes the patients down to the morgue. And I had to help the security guard rearrange the morgue to fit more bodies. In just a few minutes, St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fenton talks with healthcare workers at St. Luke's Hospital in Chesterfield about the emotional toll of treating patients with COVID-19. Missouri is preparing to build up its supply of coronavirus vaccine, which is expected to start arriving in the state this month. St. Louis Public Radio's Jacqueline Driscoll reports. Missouri is set to receive 51,000 doses by December 15th, but State Health Director Dr. Randall Williams says now an additional 64,000 doses of the Pfizer vaccine is expected one week later. On the same day, the state is getting 105,000 doses of Moderna's. There are 21 sites to distribute the vaccine. To receive the distribution, you have to assure the CDC that you can vaccinate that amount of people in 10 days. You can't hoard it. You can't ask for 10,000 doses and say we're going to use it over three months. With these additional doses, William says all long-term care residents and staff, as well as all health care workers, should be vaccinated by the end of January. In Jefferson City, I'm Jacqueline Driscoll, St. Louis Public Radio. There are now more people hospitalized in Illinois than at any time during the pandemic. The state's public health department says more than 80 percent of ICU beds are occupied. Illinois College of Emergency Physicians past president Dr. Ernest Wong says hospital workers are stretched thin during this second wave of the outbreak. What I think a lot of us are seeing is higher numbers that look just unbelievable, the, the, the way that the curve is going up. We have more hospitalizations now than we did in the spring. Wong says the numbers for ventilator usage in Illinois are not as concerning at this point, but they usually increase as hospitalization and ICU rates spike. In other news, Missouri's attorney general has launched a new effort to solve old murder cases. St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Littman reports. Republican Eric Schmidt convinced two experienced prosecutors to come out of retirement and lead his cold case unit. They'll help police departments take a fresh look at cases, though local prosecutors will handle any charges that come from an investigation. Schmidt calls the cold case unit another example of how his office has put victims at the center of its work. Missouri has dozens of murder cases across the state that have remained unsolved for years, even decades. Those victims must not be forgotten. Schmidt says the unit has already helped Franklin County investigators solve the 1985 strangulation of Kristen Edwards. Kenneth Avery has been charged with second-degree murder in her death and is being held on a $500,000 bond. I'm Rachel Lippman, St. Louis Public Radio. Congressman Lacey Clay is reflecting on his nearly three and a half decades in elected office. The University City Democrat gave his farewell address yesterday on the floor of the U.S. House. He is leaving early next month after losing a Democratic primary to Cori Bush. Clay says he's been able to make a difference for the 1st Congressional District, which takes in St. Louis and parts of St. Louis County. 
That includes helping to bring the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency facility to North St. Louis. I have had many legislative achievements in this body, and I thank all of my colleagues who assisted me in doing, as the scriptures noted, caring for the least of these. Clay also cites an annual job fair at Harris-Stowe State University and bringing a National Archives Center to North St. Louis County as key accomplishments. Hospitals in the St. Louis region are admitting more than 100 coronavirus patients a day, the most since the pandemic began. Hospital leaders say eventually they will not have enough staff to care for patients. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fenton speaks with workers at St. Luke's Hospital in Chesterfield who are being pushed to their emotional and physical limits. Brianna Lubers has started hearing the sound of ventilators in her dreams. Alarms? Every day I go home. It constantly alarms. Constant. It never leaves. She's a respiratory therapist and for eight months has been working practically nonstop caring for the sickest coronavirus patients, monitoring machines, repositioning people to help them breathe, and checking oxygen levels. I've like been working in the ICU and like I feel like I hear alarms that aren't actually alarming. It's my life. St. Luke's has turned into a planet that revolves around the coronavirus. There and at hospitals throughout St. Louis, patient techs, nurses, and therapists are working twice their normal hours and trying to avoid burnout amid a pandemic with no end in sight. The hospital's 18-bed ICU is practically full. Other floors of the hospital that normally treat patients sick with cancer and other diseases have been converted into floors for COVID-19. The hospital has put up an enormous white tent outside the emergency room to prepare for an overflow of people. Lubers is upbeat talking about her job, but when asked about how she's doing, her face falls. Her grandfather recently died from COVID-19 and her grandmother is infected too. Her father died from cancer six weeks ago, but she hasn't been able to see her family much. Emotionally and on a personal level, I'm not doing the best. I mean, I try to separate home life from work life. Um, I do my best, but when you come in here and you have to deal with it every single day, um, it takes a toll. That's why she's confounded that people aren't taking the pandemic seriously, getting together with friends or even calling the coronavirus an elaborate hoax. I get asked all the time, like, is COVID actually a real thing? Like, no, like if I could walk you through our ICU right now and you could see firsthand like what's going on, like we're at max capacity, like we just sometimes, like some days we can't keep up. The rooms in the ICU have glass walls. Usually curtains cover the windows, but now they're pulled open so workers can keep an eye on patients all the time. They're so sick they could crash at any moment. Most of them are unconscious with tubes or masks covering their faces. Their chests rise up and down with shallow, shuddery breaths. Because coronavirus patients are, for the most part, not allowed to have visitors, the workers in the ICU have to support the patients emotionally too. Kelsey Butler is a nurse case manager in the ICU. Day after day, I would just feel like all I did was give people bad news. She helps connect patients and their families who can't visit due to coronavirus restrictions, usually through FaceTime or video conferences. You know, when we come to work, it's like you're going to a different world. It's like you're going into a movie, into a nightmare, really. Workers in the ICU are used to seeing people die, but Butler says the last year has been different. We see so many more deaths now, more than I've seen in the past seven years as a nurse. Um, All together, I've seen in eight months, it doesn't make it any easier. The stress also takes a toll on other workers. 
Paige Hankins is a patient care tech who assists nurses and helps feed, clean, and dress patients. Every time she enters a room, she dons a yellow paper dress over her purple scrubs and puts on a mask and plastic face shield. Even with all that equipment, she says her job is still intensely intimate. I'm someone where I can't choose to not get emotionally attached to these patients. It just, it happens. After she goes home, she still finds herself thinking about her patients, like the one who reminds her of her grandmother. Sometimes she dons all that protective equipment to hold her hand. She says that makes it even harder to see people die. I went down to the morgue because I'm the person who takes the patients down to the morgue. And I had to help the security guard rearrange the morgue to fit more bodies. I mean, I was standing in a freezer for like 30, 45 minutes with these dead bodies, moving them around to make room for more. And I think some people don't realize, you know, how serious this is. And, you know, it takes a toll on you. If admissions continue to climb, area hospitals will have too many patients to care for this month. Hankins, Lubers, and other workers are dreading the day the hospitals need to decide who gets a needed ICU bed. People ignoring public health guidelines to gather for Thanksgiving and Christmas could mean a wave of sick people coming in the next few weeks. Whenever those thoughts cross Hankins' mind, though, she pushes them out. She says she needs to take each day as it comes, or else she might lose hope. I'm Sarah Fenton, St. Louis Public Radio. David Casares edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. From the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.